It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Avenue Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. All right, we're back. Um, let's just let's just do this thing. Um, less than no script. I'm scriptless. I have I have zero scripts. I have no idea where we're gonna go um, with this episode. But anyways, welcome back, Judd's Buds episode, whatever it is, thirty something. Still bananas to me that we've done this for thirty something straight weeks. Other than I think I've missed maybe one or two, but. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, 30-something. Congratulations to me, and, um, you know, my condolences to you if you've listened along this whole time. Um, but we're just going to do it. We're just going to start talking, and we're going to start – we're just going to see where it goes. Um, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Spoke Z on Twitter, you know the deal. I don't have to keep doing this every time, but I need some kind of intro to get me going because uh, – I'm not really good in terms of like podcasting, especially this one. Um, I'm not good at like starting and then I struggle in the middle and then I really, I don't know how to end it. So that's about the whole thing. Um, but here we are. I still haven't been fired yet and, um, and we're, we're still doing this. So yeah, that's the start. That's it. That's what we're going to do anyways. (laughs) Um, so it is Monday, Memorial Day. Uh, congratulations to everybody who didn't have to work today. Uh, we deserve this long weekend. Hope you all enjoyed it. It was nice out in New England. I don't know what it was like in fucking Minnesota, but, uh, it was beautiful here. I celebrated by doing nothing. I did go down. <clears throat> I made the mistake of going to the mall, like a really piece of shit mall, um, there wasn't anyone there or anything like that. That's not why it was terrible. Um, I just forgot that apparently the people that fucking spray you with uh, cologne and shit and fragrances, like the whatever, Macy's or JCPenney, whatever, uh, that's apparently still a thing. I, I figured they would have got that. 
I, I figured it would have been illegal by now because I mean it's like throwing your fucking face. There's like eleven different people just like hunting you down. Um, apparently the mall that I went to hasn't hasn't got rid of that yet. I got hit with about seven different fragrances, and um, you know I got home. I watched the hockey game. I've been sitting here for a while, and all the fragrant fragrances that have now combined into one giant cloud of cologne or. There might have been a, a women's fragrance in there at some point. Um, perfume, that's that's what that is. Uh, I think I might be high. Um, I feel like I've been huffing paint. Um, it's really not a good combination, like the smells. It's the weirdest. I mean, they just, they really fucked me up pretty good. So um, that, the, the combination of me basically um, feeling like I've been inhaling like a sharpie for the last fucking three hours um and then having no script and the fact that the wild aren't playing i was not playing and we now officially have one prospect left that's still playing this could be we could go down um a real black hole here this episode so that was how i spent my memorial day uh getting slaughtered by these fragrance people um possibly being high i don't know um anyways i hope you had a good one though um so like i said it is monday uh rangers and carolina just finished game seven uh somehow the rangers won i really don't know how uh carolina laid an absolute egg these goddamn rangers they get you know Pittsburgh in the first round. Truba kills Crosby. Um, so he's definitely like not all there for a couple games. And uh, they have to put in their third string goalie. So the Rangers come back and win that one in seven. Then they get Carolina. Reimer's still hurt. He doesn't come back. Ranta's gets hurt eventually probably was hurt the whole fucking time and now they're going to the conference final against tampa so these bastards are now going to run into the wall that is andre vasilevsky that's going to be sick though because you got vasilevsky and shesterkin and shesterkin just might have carried them uh to the conference final here but that's going to be a fun matchup um i hate both teams so it's a real lose-lose for me. Um, if they could just decide that the playoffs are done, at least in the East, that'd be great. I'd be a big fan of that, but I don't think that's very likely. So, um, But that series should be interesting. Tampa Bay, I mean, they just wiped the floor with Florida, and they didn't even have Braden Point. Um, Vasilevsky might be – I mean, he's in his own world. And I think it's time that we, you know, we always talk about, you know, who the best players are in the world. You know, we always talk about McDavid or McKinnon. Now we're talking about Matthews, those types of guys. I feel like we need to start putting more respect on goalies' names because I think at this point, Vasilevsky, you have to put him in your top five players in the league. Like, you have to. He's a freak of nature. He might end up being the best goalie of all time. Uh, and he's still young. And He's seemingly somehow getting better every playoff run. He just won two in a row, uh, and he just doesn't lose elimination games. He, um, he might never lose another game again. So it'll be interesting to see how the Rangers combat that. You have Tampa, who's just – I mean, they just win. That's just all they do now, these sickos. Um, John Cooper is going to be yelling a lot, which annoys the shit out of me. I don't like that guy, but God damn it, he's a good coach. He knows when to back off. Um, I think he lets the players handle just about everything. It seems like he's really good at delegating different roles to his staff. So, you know, the Rangers are definitely in one, but this is playoff hockey. And if we have learned anything, it's, there's no guarantees. So that'll be interesting. Um, Colorado and Edmonton, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. We finally have it. The matchup that everyone has been waiting for. Yes. Cody CC versus Eric Johnson. The one you know, we've been waiting, it's going to be pay-per-view, those two squaring off. 
two of the best players on the planet that have ever lived, CC and Johnson. Um, and it's just, you know, I'm just excited. Okay, no, that's not it. We are talking about McKinnon and McDavid. Holy shit. That is going to be cocaine on meth on speed. Um, I hope every over hits. I hope there's no defense. Um, Colorado should be favored, but at the same time, what Connor McDavid's doing right now in Edmonton is insane. Um, he's an alien. He's not real. He's probably going to be the most talented player who's ever lived. Um, and he's kind of just decided that, you know what, I'm just going to take this and run with it, and I'm going to carry the boys. Um, so I don't – of the four teams left, I really don't know if there's a scenario that I'm happy because part of me wants to say Edmonton, but I also think it's really funny if Canada just doesn't win ever again. Like I think that's very funny. So I really don't like Colorado um, for obvious reasons. I really, really don't like Tampa, and I really hate the Rangers. I have nothing – I have no ill will towards Edmonton, so I guess I would like to see Edmonton do it. But at the same time, I don't want Canada to win a Stanley Cup ever again because that's way funnier. So I'm really in one um, with these playoffs. Like Calgary was the one team that even then, that's a Canadian team. But, you know, it's not about me. It's all about the team. So we'll see what happens. But um, I guess I'm rooting for Edmonton, even though it's Canada, but whatever. We really got robbed of a seven-game battle of Alberta. That playoff series was bananas. It made no sense. It was just chaos from start to finish. And Calgary really just sucked. It seemed like they didn't have any adjustments. Like, I don't know what was going on there. They kind of were just hoping that whatever they were doing would work. And I didn't really see that coming from Sutter. I also do think that Woodcroft is a very good coach, and he should probably start getting more love for how good he's been with Edmonton um, and how much better they've played under him than they were before. So... Um, that, that series should be a whole lot of fun though. It really should. Obviously it's going to be high octane. Um, they're both teams are going to be flying through the neutral zone at about 80 miles an hour. That's always fun to watch. Um, but I hope every over hits and it's just pure chaos. So we'll see what happens there, but we have finally reached the conference finals. So, um, that's, what's going on there. Uh, let's move on, I guess, to, you know what, before we do, before we move on to any Minnesota wild stuff, let's just, it's, we're only 10 minutes in. I think I'm supposed to not do it so fast, but we're going to pay the bills. We're going to talk about DraftKings. So hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Yes, because I'm broke. With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, it's secure, and it is reliable. Unless you're like me and you lose every bet. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nailed it. Uh... Oh, God. Why are there flies in here? Well, there's like two. I don't like that at all. Put the AC in. I wonder if you can hear it. Probably. Any excuse? To, I think I probably took the AC out like in fucking January. And the second like I could feel sun on my skin again, I threw it right back in. It might have been actually out of my window for like eight minutes total. But it's back. I hate the heat. It's evil. It sucks. I don't know how people that live in Florida live in Florida. The place stinks, first of all, and it's gross, and I hate the heat. Anyways, let's move on. Um, so let I mean we could go a few different directions with Minnesota stuff here. So I think it was today or yesterday, Russo announces 
Um, Spurgeon's getting that surgery. The whole team apparently was dead. Um, it's always fascinating after uh, playoff series ends to find out all the guys' injuries. Um, and actually nowadays it's really a double-edged sword because, uh, you know, obviously all these guys are going to play when they're injured because um, they're just going to do that. And now it's either everyone was mad at them and then you find out why they weren't playing that well, like they, were, they had a really bad injury or something. Um, and it used to be, oh, wow, what a warrior, blah, blah, blah. Now it's, oh, wow, hockey's evil. They're making these guys do this against their will. When Like every player in the league is just going to play. But now it has to be some big hockey culture issue. That drives me nuts. Um, I mean, yeah, they shouldn't be playing when they could really fuck themselves up like forever. I get it. Um, but it's I really just can't muster up the energy to get mad about it. Like, I can't. Like, it's their lives, dude. Like, yeah, I know. They shouldn't play when they're hurt or, like, they shouldn't risk, like, permanently fucking themselves up. I'm not going to be – if someone doesn't want to play or, like, can't play or is too hurt to play, I'm not going to be a selfish asshole that's like, oh, like, I need them to play because I like sports a lot and I want them to. Like, I know it's not really about me, but I just can't muster up the energy to get as mad as some people get about these injuries. So, um, anyways, Spurgeon was dead. Dumba was dead. Felino was dead. The whole team was dead. Everyone's hurt. Um, so that's, you know, suboptimal in my opinion. Um, so now we're, we'll see what – but it, this was supposed to be more about – I was about to go on a tangent about what's going on right now at the offseason and Garen and the moves he's going to have to make here and what's coming up before the draft, but I went down that little rabbit hole briefly. Like I said, we'll blame the cologne and fragrance people for spraying the shit out of me with like 17 of them. I am thirsty. Anyways. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's do that then. Let's let's talk about – I'm. I've been sitting here for the last – like since the season ended really – and I'll go down, um, you know, cap friendly, elite prospects, and I'll play around, you know, trying to figure out a way, not necessarily just like keep Kevin Fiala, but like figure out what they could possibly do this offseason. Um, I personally don't subscribe to the whole cap hell thing because. To me, that kind of implies that, like, they didn't see this coming. Um, you know, that they they did those buyouts without planning at all. And I don't think that's true. Um, I do think they have players in the system, whether it's in Iowa or elsewhere, that are going to step in next season and fill in the roles that, um, you know, for, for low cap hits that they're going to need to replace guys like Fiala. Um, you know, we'll see how well that goes, I guess. But I don't necessarily buy the whole cap hell thing. Yeah, those cap hits suck. But, like, if those two players were here still, number one, they wouldn't be very good. And number two, the, the cap hit would still be higher. So, like, it, it, it doesn't really change much aside from the fact that it's just, like, empty bodies, which, like, to be honest with you at this point, both of them kind of were. Maybe not suitor as much. Um, but uh Parise, you know whatever it is what it is with him i mean i love the guy it sucked that they bought him out i was miserable uh his last year here was obviously hell but um you know it's not like it, the buyouts it just sucks that it's for guys that literally aren't playing for you that's the thing with the cap it but i don't necessarily buy the whole hell part because um you got a lot of guys who play significant roles on this team like your number one center is ryan hartman he's making 1.7 million dollars your most effective line is that is the greenway Eck felino line they combine for what x five two felino's three one so that's eight three you know they combine for like 11.4 million um and that's probably your most effective line um you know especially when they're all going offensively you know, you got your big boy in Kirill there. That's fine. You don't care if he's making nine sheets. He can probably make 12 for all I fucking care. And then you got Boldy on the ELC. Um, Goudreau is going to stay on that line probably. Uh, he only makes one point, what, two? Um, 
you know, so there's plenty of guys that are gonna that are filling in that are playing significant roles and playing well um, already for very low cap hits. Um, you know, like that right now, that bargain or the the Hartman contract is a ridiculous bargain. You score thirty whatever goals, making less than two million, you'll take that shit all day. But um, but this is when it gets interesting, right? Especially if you buy into the whole the whole Capel thing, um, you know I think they've got right around seven or eight million, and you got a couple guys that you'd love to keep here. It's just not going to happen. We'll see if that you know I know they obviously want to try to keep Flurry. I don't know how the hell they make that work unless he's taking like the sweetest of sweetheart deals. Um, you know, money ain't a problem for that dude. He's been like eighty sheets in his career, but it's I mean even then, like. Let's say he wants three. Like, what you that's the half, almost half of what you have in space. Um, you know, you let Ben walk. Obviously, they obviously they want to sign Middleton, and it sounds like they're just going to. And then you've got what seven NHL defensemen under contract, not including Kalen Addison. Um, you know, Delorier. I'm sure, they want to bring him back. Don't know how you do that. Bukestad, you probably let walk. Fiala's gone. We all know that, and they resigned Dewar. Doer will be cheap. That's not a problem. But this is just where it gets interesting, where Billy really has to get creative here. Um, because, you know, even if you wanted to jettison some guys that are whatever to free up a couple, who are you like? Who are you getting rid of that's making significant though? Dumba, they're not going to do that because they're just not going to get, you know, anything worth moving if you're going to trade them. Like, you're not getting a first-round pick. You're not getting a great egg prospect. You're not getting, you know, a, a big, whatever, a good NHL player for like it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, Brodine signed for another five years, six years. You're not trading Spurgeon, even though now those rumors, like people are trying to get that going, which is crazy to me that people are like let's trade Spurgeon. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. But you know, you do you. I won't tell you to be a fan. Um, you know, if you wanted to move Gaudreau and have Rossi in it too. 2C and, you know, throw Jost in the left or something. Well, he only makes 1.2. Well, let's trade Jost. Well, he only makes 2 million. Well, let's trade Kulikov. He only makes 2.25. So there's really, like, no one that's making significant money that you either are able to move or you'd even want to, right? So this is where it just gets interesting. And another part of that for me is I look at the lineup. I fully expect Rossi to make the team next year. Um. You know, Dewar should be here full time, but you know, even with Rossi, like, where do you put him? I mean, even like a guy like Jost, I've said I would love to see him play up the lineup, not on that fourth line, um, because there is skill there, there is offensive upside. We saw flashes of it, um, and I think he could be great. You know, what do you go like Jost? Some comment? Do you put Goudreau on the right side and go? Jost, Rossi, Goudreau. I can't imagine that's palatable for anyone. Um, it's quite clear that for whatever reason, you know, Ek and Kaprizov just doesn't really work. We saw them try that at the beginning of the season. It just wasn't clicking at all. Um, and at this point, like, you're not moving around Erickson, Ek, Felino, Greenway line, so that's going to stay a line. Hartman's going to stay at that 1C because he plays well with those two. And you're not separating Kirill and you're not separate from uh, Zuccarello. So this is just where I like my brain breaks. Like I have no idea what the fuck they end up doing here. Because um, if Rossi makes a team, you're not putting them on the fourth line. And again, I worry about some kind like even then, you know that they don't want to put Goudreau down. You're not going to have him on the fourth line either. So there's no way for nowhere for Jost really to go. So you expect it would probably be that second line of. Boldy Rossi Goudreau, I guess. Maybe you put I mean, I don't think they want to have Rossi on the wing either. So this is just where my brain shatters. And I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. I have no idea how he's gonna navigate it. I could probably sit down and like you know try to come up with some idea. But it really is fascinating, and I know that they knew this was coming, so they're not going to be surprised by it. But if let's say they 
have to bring back the same team. I just don't think that's a recipe for success. Like you can't just not bring in new players. You can't do it. Even if you are bringing in, um, you know, guys from Iowa, like Rossi and Addison, um, you know, I do think you need new guys on your team every year. I do. I just believe in that shit. Um, you know, you can't just keep trying the same thing. Like they try with a fucking power play in the playoffs and all year long. So, I am curious to see who stays and who goes, um, you know, beyond the Fiala Dumba because I mean, Dumba's staying and Fiala's basically already gone. Um, but they're going to have to get creative to make, you know, upgrades on this roster. So we'll see where that goes. I'm curious. To, I would love to get an idea of, you know, where everyone else stands on that just because I sit at – I really do try to sit here and like formulate some different lines, but they're just so like deadlocked with, you know, two of those lines at least in the Felino line and the, uh, I don't know why I said Felino line, the Erickson Eck line um, and the Kaprizov line that it really just limits how much they can do in their lineup. Um, and again, there's not really a whole lot of guys on this team who, uh, you know, make significant money who you either, want or be okay with trading um or even that could just get any significant return so we'll see where they go from here but it is it is a precarious situation that uh that billy garen finds himself in here so that's that for the off season i guess i don't even know if that made sense i don't even know if that was like coherent i kind of just just like looking at the cap friendly page my brain is just exploding um but i mean that's also not that new so um hmm okay uh so in terms of prospect stuff we have one left kaden bank here is the lone player or the lone minnesota wild prospect still playing um cam loops they're gonna they're playing seattle right now whl playoffs conference semis uh actually this is today's monday so tomorrow's tuesday when you're listening to this all two of you um tuesday is game seven um if they win they will play edmonton who eliminated winnipeg aka carson lambos um for a shot to compete in the memorial cup uh which is like the stanley cup for junior hockey um it's huge players love it um you know, statistically, uh, in terms of bank here, he's been a little quiet. So if you go and look at his numbers, I'm not sure. I think he might have one or two points in the six games so far. So he's been bouncing back and forth. They'll have him center one game. They'll have him left wing one game. Um, yesterday he played right wing. Um, so he's been used as a bit of a utility guy. Again, like we talk about this with Judd Brackett, they like guys who are reliable, who are low maintenance, who um, – you know, the coaches can depend on. And that's, again, that's just what bank here is. So he, so no, he hasn't, you know, it hasn't definitely hasn't been his best series. Um, and like I said, the production really isn't there that he finished the year off and carried into the playoffs in that first round. Um, but I, you know, by no means would I say he's been bad. He's definitely been quiet. You know, it's not a whole lot of flashy stuff, but you know, he's still playing a good dependable 200 foot game. He makes a lot of smart plays with the puck. Um, you know, a lot, there's a lot of times in the defensive zone, he's bailing his teammates out. He'll win a lot of board battles. Generally speaking, he's in, you know, the right spot on the ice almost always. Uh, you know, he's not, you know, getting caught sleeping backdoor feeds, um, you know, and again, it's just, it, it is tougher. And I'm sure to like try to get any kind of offensive momentum here when he's switching lines, almost like every other period. But uh, I still think he's been pretty good. Um, you know, maybe you expect a little bit more from him, but, um, you know, it's just the way it is right now with, with where, with how they're using him. So, um, you know, hopefully they can take care of business. I don't remember if they're, oh, they're at home tomorrow. So that'll be big They're It's not easy to play in Kamloops. Their fucking arena is called the Sandman center. That's gas. Um, but yeah. So if he, you know, if Kamloops comes out on top, um, they will play Edmonton. And Sebastian Cosa um, 
for a shot at the WHL crown and a shot at making or playing in the Memorial Cup tournament. So uh, good luck to him. I'm going to make a prediction. I think he goes two points tomorrow, carries the boys to game to uh, to the final. Bang. Uh, on the flip side, Lambos, he had definitely a tough series against Edmonton. That Edmonton team is stacked. In Winnipeg, didn't have Matty Savoy the whole time. Um, I think he got hurt mid-series. Maybe he was – I can't remember if he was out the whole series, but there are a few games that Lambos was just getting hemmed in. Um, he was playing a lot. He goes bouncing back back and forth, playing with this kid, Nolan Orzik, uh, undrafted kid, and then a 16-year-old. Um, I forget his first name. His last name is Wu. Um, you know, again, he doesn't get used in the power play as much as he does on the penalty kill. Um, they definitely use him in more of a defensive role. So, you know, next season you'll look to see him be that number one guy for them. They use this kid, Ben Lottie a lot. He's a 20-year-old. Um, you know, he's out there for the, the, the power play. Um, he's definitely leaned on heavily offensively. But uh, Lambo's definitely had a tough one. I mean, he had brutal matchups. He's looking at a kid at, you know, he's playing against Jake Neighbors, who's been playing for the Blues this season. Or he's going up against Sordif, uh, Dylan Genther. Like, Edmonton's just stacked. Luke Prokop, the Nashville kid, he's sick. Um, and Kosa was just dialed in. Uh, he played really, really well. Um, you know, and again, Winnipeg not having Matty Savoy, their number one offensive threat, definitely was brutal. So, <clears throat> yeah, those lines got mixed up a bunch. Um, but Edmonton, I mean, they just were scoring. They, they couldn't stop. Um, you know, in the game, the elimination game that – uh, ultimately, Edmonton advanced with. They, uh, I think they scored three goals in about 47 seconds, and Lambos was on the ice for all three. Uh, the second one was on him with a little turnover behind the net. But other than that, they did. Um, Gage Alexander, the goaltender, definitely should have had that first one, probably should have had the third one too. Um, you know, so there wasn't a whole lot that Lambos could have done there. And, um, but I mean, they just got obliterated, and Edmonton is a force. That team is scary. So, uh, but, yeah, definitely a tougher tougher series for Lambos. I don't know if he had any points. Might have had one. Um, but, I mean, they I don't even know. Edmonton almost like – or Winnipeg just like didn't even have the puck at all. So, <laughs> definitely tough. Not a good series for him. But, um, you know, again, next year, going to be a big year for Lambos. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's going to be looking to do one more season of juniors and, you know, take a shot at making the team – at a camp, but you know, there's definitely some things he has to work on. I know towards the end of the year, he was playing really well. And I was talking about how, Oh, this kid could be ready for AHL, if, which he isn't even eligible for. But uh, you know, I, I think in the playoffs, especially maybe the last few games of the regular season, um, you know, you can see there's definitely, I don't know if he's, I really don't know if throwing him into pro hockey right now would have been the best thing for him anyways, even if he was eligible to play in the AHL, I still want to see him get a little bit more consistent defensively. He is good. And I've talked about before, he's really good defending with the stick, but I do think there's just way too much of, you know, just an over-reliance on defending with the stick. Um, you know, and when he's doing that and he's not just keeping that gap or he's not taking the body or um, it's just a lot of reaching. So uh, definitely a habit that he's going to need to break before he makes his way to the AHL or the NHL, whichever route he goes. Um you know, but defending, look, he's more consistent defending. He does get himself out of trouble very well because he is such a good backwards skater. Um, it, ironically enough, he's probably better backwards and lateral than he is, like, just going forward. He's not, like, the fastest dude in the world. He's not slow by any means, but um, he has a little bit of a weird stride, a little choppy. Um, he's pretty upright when he skates forward. Uh, but moving side to side and moving and skating backwards, he's unbelievable. So... It is a very weird skating issue. Not really issue, just skating profile, I guess. I'd like to see him work on that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, a little bit, I'd like to see him work on his passing the offensive zone a little bit. You know, again, we've talked about before. Um, you know, he is really good when he's walking the blue line. Um, he's very good at creating lanes. He's good at, you know, his shot is an absolute bomb when it's on target. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, he'll see him buzz up the uh, neutral zone and then, you know, he'll gain the red line, gain the blue line, just like dump it in uh, instead of kind of maintaining possession. He'll do that every once in a while. I'd like to see him, you know, have a little bit. It's almost like he's gaining speed and then all of a sudden 
he hits the offense. He's like, oh boy, didn't didn't think about this. <laughs> now what? Um, he's either just throwing a hopeful pass or he's like dumping it in. And um, you know, I'd like to see there be a little bit more maybe strategizing, game planning on his way up the ice instead of just kind of aimlessly going for it. Um, and then being like, oh shit, I'm here now. Now what? And then uh, you know, along with that too, sometimes he just goes for like these stretch passes that. You know, if they connect, they're sick. They're great. Um, he is pretty good at using the walls. He'll throw indirect passes off the walls to the tape, like, regularly every game. Um, you know, but I would like to see him find, you know, maybe just a, a streaking center up the center at the middle of the ice a little bit more instead of just going for, like, a 60-foot fucking stretch pass that he's just rifling at half the time it ends up icing. But, um, <coughs> you know, if you've listened, you've probably heard me um, – you know, pumping this kid's tires all year. Don't take what I'm saying now last like two and a half minutes and be like carving. It's like, oh, actually, I've been lying the whole time. Uh, just definitely a few things that he's going to be able to work on, especially as they're going to be leaning on him heavily next season as their number one demon. Um, you know, and definitely some things, some, some better habits that he's, that he's definitely got the tools. He's, he's got the skill set, uh, the hockey IQs there. Um, you know, he's definitely good enough to make those adjustments. And um, again, he's still young, so. Um, you know, next year's gonna be a big year for Lambeau. So I'm excited to see him, uh, back with Winnipeg and, um, you know, again, being leaned on, hopefully ideally as the number one in all, all situations. So, um, so that's it. That's the prospect stuff. Um, cause there's only two left or, well, sorry, there's only one left. So like I said, Kane bank here, uh, when you're listening to this, it's, it's going to be Tuesday. That kid's going to tuck. He'll go one and one at least possibly two tucks. Um, you know, he'll, t- he'll carry the boys to the uh, WHL final. Let's write this down. All right, let's do uh, some questions. We only have a couple, uh, which really means that I've really just drastically lost pretty much everyone that's ever listened to this. But anyways, uh, Luke Chapdelaine, we're going to start with you because, oh, my God, this is going to take me forever. All right. Fiala trade scenarios. Are you ready? No, I am not. Uh, which ones would you prefer? Number one, Ottawa. Two Ottawa, Kevin Fiala. Two Minnesota, 2023 first round pick, top five protected. Ridley, Greg, and Tyler Clevin. Take. Ottawa gets to keep their seven this season and receives protection in case they stink in 2022. Due to that, Minnesota receives Greg and an extra D prospect. Okay. Um, I mean, if I'm Minnesota, yeah, I'd do that in a fucking heartbeat. Um, if I'm Ottawa, I probably wouldn't be doing that. Um, 2023 draft is legitimately outrageous. Um, and you know, I know you said it's top five protected, but they're probably 10 guys worth sucking for that are going to be drafted next season. Um, you know, beyond the Mitchkovs, the Bedards, the Fantillies, you know, a kid like Zach Benson who plays with Lambos right now, Winnipeg, this kid's unbelievable. He's 16 years old. And he was well over a point brigade with the WHL this season. Um, you know, there's a ton of kids. So, um, who's the kid out in um, Sweden? He set records this season. But, anyways, I think if you you know if you looked at the uh, trade deadline this season, there are a lot of teams that were just that didn't even want the 2022 uh, first round pick. They really wanted that 2023 pick in the first round just because of how loaded this draft is. Um, so, you know, if you're going to take that, even if you're protecting it, I don't think you're going to get the extra prospect in there. And I know that they really like Clevin. They obviously love Greg. Um, so I still think, if you know, if you're looking at Ottawa as the, the partner, the, the most logical, um, you know, package would be that first round pick this year, that seventh overall in Ridley Greg. And even then, that still feels expensive to me. But, um you know, Ottawa's been pretty vocal about the fact that they're willing to move that pick. And I mean, Kevin Fiala kind of fits that mold. So I still think that's the most likely. I, again, I would love this would be, yeah, I would do the fucking second. So um, I just don't know if Ottawa would say yes. Trade scenario two to Ottawa, Fiala to Minnesota. 2022 first round pick, so seventh overall. Uh, Bernard Docker and Yarvin B take return is less as the pick is guaranteed at seven i think ottawa does this without thinking knowing their gm adores fiala yarvin the or tile i don't know isn't a prospect but he has some size i think it's more realistic return from sense 
is I don't know what you mean, Yarvin. I don't even know how to say the kid's poor bastard's name. Uh, he's definitely, I mean, he's a prospect. He's what, second round pick two years ago? Um, definitely a big kid. He's got some skill. Um, I think he's a good player. I wouldn't be mad if, you know, he ended up in a, in some kind of package. I'm not a big Bernard Docker guy, but, um, he's another big giant motherfucker. So, you know, I'm sure Billy would like that. Um, uh, cause he doesn't apparently love the small guys. So, um, well, I mean, that's not true. Left on, but, um, yeah, I mean, you could definitely do worse for sure. And I think Ottawa would do that in the second, like you said, um, I do like Yarvinty. I think he's a good player. Obviously, not the same level as Greg. I'm not a huge Bernard Docker guy. I think he's like fine. I think he'll be an NHL player. I just don't really see him. I think his ceiling is a four, maybe. Um, and you know, you'll give. But again, that number seven, the seventh overall pick's great. So, um, yeah. I mean, I this is like you said, the returns definitely less. Um, and I think Otto would be like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. I'm sure they would love to only give up one prospect, but, um, you know, I do think they oddly really like Bernard Docker. Um, I mean, I don't really – whatever, to each their own, I guess. But um, I still – I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's a fine package. I'm not a Bernard Docker guy. I like Jarvin T. Jarvin T. Jarvin Tile. Jarvin Teal. Who knows? Um, but I, I still think that Ottawa is going to be looking to only give up one prospect though. Um, but I guess if they're giving up two, maybe these would be the two guys. So, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy. All right. Moving on to the next one, LA Kings to LA Fiala. I think it makes a ton of sense. LA should be all over this, uh, to Minnesota Turcotte just suf- suffered his second major concussion this season. Uh, Brock Faber in a 2023 second round pick take. If the Kings are serious about taking the next step, they do this in a second. Turcotte is a wild card as he hasn't flashed offensively and has battled some injuries. Faber is a future top four right hand D uh, not a score, but some smooth, some smooth. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it allows Garen to move on from Dumba knowing he has a replacement in the wings. Faber isn't huge, but he plays with plays plenty big to handle that role going with Brodeen and Dumba. I think you mean Faber would be so annoying. You wouldn't be able to outskate them. Yeah, I would do that. I would love that. Uh, I'm a big Brock Faber guy. That kid is sick. Um, you know, in LA, they're definitely in a position that they wanted to move on from Turcotte. They could, I still think Turcotte's a hell of a player. I think he's going to be a good NHL player. Um, you know, he's definitely been on the receiving end of some bad injuries, really unlucky injuries. Like you said, he's just got another concussion. Um, so that sucks. Another smaller guy, but uh, he's a hell of a player when he's healthy and he's on. Um, you know, if you look at the L.A. prospect pool, I'm not really sure there's a whole lot of runway for him, especially if they're going to try to make him a center or try to play him as a center. So, um, you know, it's definitely expensive, especially if you're going to add a 2023 second. I think you're probably more likely to get a 2020. Actually, I don't know what they have for picks. I should look. Let's see what they have for picks. Um Oh, that's weird. Um, you know, I think if you're giving up Turcotte and Faber, I don't know if you're getting a pick. Um, especially considering they're going to have to pay Fiala. But, you know, they have a ton of cap space. So um, who do they have to resign? Leah Sanderson, Carl Grunstra. Oh, God. Kempe. <laughs> Lemieux, loser. Uh, Velarde. I love Velarde. I don't know what happened. Uh, oh, my God. They have to resign their entire fucking decor. Um, all right. So, yeah, I I wonder how tempted they'd even be to look to move Faber, though, you know? I mean, they've got – that's right. They also have Brant Clark. I don't know how they have all these goddamn prospects, dude. Like, their prospect pool is outrageous, and they're on the come up as a team. Like, this, they're going to be a problem for a long time. Um, God, look at that prospect pool. It's ridiculous. Anyways, um, I do think if you're giving up – if you're going to get Turcotte and Faber – um, you know, I, I don't know if they'd be willing to throw in a 2023 pick, especially a second round pick. Um, because whether Turcotte gets injured or not, I mean, the kid's still legit, still super young, still, you know, he's a center. Um, 
you know, former fifth overall pick. Let's see, what did he do this year? The AHL, 18 points, 27 games. He got in eight NHL games this season. I forgot all that. Um, congrats, he got two pins. got the score sheet, attaboy. <coughs> um, so, you know, I don't know if you'd be able to get a 2023 second, um, but, I mean, I certainly wouldn't complain if this package came back the other way. Um, you know, as you look at the prospect pool now um, in Minnesota, you know, they've obviously bolstered their center depth, the prospect pool, but this, you know, if you bring Turk on it and he works out and he could be a two or a three C, I think that kind of probably alleviates the pressure for uh, who's a Dinoff to turn into a number two center. Cause at this point he's looking more like a three, uh, but there is offensive upside there. So, you know, he's still progressing and he'll have two years in Russia to figure that out. But uh, Turk got kind of, you know, at least gives you a little cushion there for sure. Um, even if he ends up being more of a three or maybe he's a winger, who knows? Um, and again, like you said, Brock Faber's so sick. I mean, the kid's unbelievable. He's a really fun player to watch. Um, you know, so if you're going to get those two, I would be surprised if they'd be willing to give up a 2023 second round pick. Um, but I mean, yeah, I would do that one for sure. I like that package a lot. And four, New Jersey Devils, not even discussing second overall picks. It isn't happening. Good call. It's not. Two NJD. Fiala to Minnesota, Alex Holtz and Kevin Ball. Take Holtz seems to be more highly thought of in the Devils organization. Not sure why, I because he's fucking outrageous, but that explains the return change. Uh, the Devils want to add a more mature score as they're so young. Fiala does that. I don't think the Devils are willing to part ways with Alexander Holtz whatsoever. That kid is filthy. He had a really good year. Uh, I think he had, he did play in the NHL. Did he get a couple games? Did he score? My brain is well. Let's be honest. I've never. It's never really worked. But um, let's see. Yeah, he played nine games a season. Good for him. Two assists. Uh, yeah. So I can tell you why he's super highly thought of in that organization uh, because he's nasty. That kid is legit. Um, seventh overall pick in twenty twenty. Went two before Rossi. Can you believe that? Um, Uh, yeah, so I, I would be shocked if they'd be willing to part ways with uh, 20-year-old Alexander Holtz after he just lit up the AHL. 26 goals, 25 assists, and 52 games uh, for Utica. Um, you know, he's already played in the NHL now, got a couple points. Um, you know, he's just – the kid's sick. That shot is no joke. Um you know, along with that, he's six feet, 195 pounds. I'm sure they love that too. Um, so if you could convince them to part ways with Alex Holtz, I'd be all over that. Um, Kevin Ball, I've never been a big Kevin Ball guy, but I mean, he's a decent player. He's a big boy. He plays nasty. He hurts people. So, um, you know, it's fine. I think defensively he's all right. He's just, you know, I think the whole him being 700 feet tall kind of really – Helps him um, in terms of his reputation, but you know, whatever, teach their own. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I would love to get Alexander Holtz from New Jersey if they're going to take Fiala. I just don't see them doing that when you have, you know, Fiala's what 20, he's going to be a UFA in a year. Um, Holtz, you have under, you know, he's only 20 years old. He's just now hitting. He's looking like he's ready to be a full time NHL player and a good one at that, right? As New Jersey's trying to come up now. Um, and let's see here. I'm just looking at his contract. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's RFA till 2025 because his contract slid last year. So, you know, I don't see them, New Jersey, doing that. I don't, there's probably very few players that they'd be willing to part ways with Alexander Holtz for. So, um, you know, if they truly are looking to, you know, contend next season, then maybe, I guess, but I just can't see them being okay with parting ways with Holtz, um, you know, for a guy like Fiala, who I do think on a sec on a Sydney cup winning team, I do think Kevin Fiala is probably on your second line, a really good fucking second line winger who can score. Um, but in terms of being the go-to guy, I just, I just, uh, I mean, we saw it this playoffs, we saw the last playoffs. Um, and again, I love Fiala. He's just had his best year ever. So, uh, you know, but I do uh, just going back to this trade, uh, you know, if you're giving up Alexander Holtz, you better be getting a real fucking. I mean, they 
the age difference for me, I guess, is just killing me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to get Alex Holtz. Send him over. I'll take him for sure. And then your final one, which isn't, I guess it was, it was just more of a comment. If Philly wants to trade with us, they have to start with number five, which I have a hard time thinking they'll give up. Well, do you know who their fucking GM is? What are your thoughts on these? If you want to rank them after, go for it. Okay. Um, I mean, I'd probably say um, I'll do the LA one. I like that one a lot just because I love Turcotte and I love Faber. I mean, if you get one, if you want to send Minnesota 2023 second round pick as well, hell, hell yeah, I'm all for it. Um, then I'd probably take so that's my first one. So Turcotte, Faber, 2023 second. That's where I'd rank number one. Number two would be the 2023 first round pick, top five protected Ridley. Ridley, Greg, and Tyler Clevin. And then three. Mm. Mm. I'll take the other auto. So number my three out of the four. I do the 2022 first round pick Ottawa's uh, Bernard Docker and Yarvin T. Tile Tool Jarv, however you say his name. Uh, and then four, I probably rank Colts and Ball just because you don't get a pick. Uh, and I'm just not a big Kevin Ball guy. So there you go. Love those scenarios. Love you gave me a script. I appreciate that. Um, so good question. Whew. All right. How long? Oh, that was a long. Okay. 49 minutes. Trades. Okay. Uh, Wild Farm. Oh, yep. Yeah, okay. Wild Farm Report asks Hypothetical. You have to trade one of Minnesota Wild's top nine forwards, not including Fiala. Who is it and why? Another great question. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Maybe it is. And maybe I'm an idiot. To, all right. Let me just pull it up. I would probably, and it's not really possible just because of the contract, but let's say that there's no rules and the only rule is no Fiala. I would probably say Zuccarello. Not because I want to, um, but that frees up $6 million. He's 34, I know. Again, I know he just set some records and he's had his career year and all this good stuff and him and Kaprizov. And I know that I would fuck everything up. I know, but just on paper, I would free up that 6 million get, you know, he's 34 years old. Um, the fact that this contract actually ended up made being completely fine is crazy to me, by the way. Uh, but you know, along with that, you probably keep, you probably could keep Fiala. Maybe you could put him on a line with Kaprizov um, I don't know. I just look at it. You know, you're not getting the grief line. That's what we're going to call it. Um, it's just your most effective line. You're obviously not trading Matt Boldy. Um, you know, you could move Goudreau, but that only frees up 1.2 million. I'm really just looking to free up the most space possible. And again, like I was saying before, there's just not a whole lot of guys who make significant money on the team in general, actually, because, you know, other than Kaprizov making nine, Zuccarello is the next highest at six, right? I mean, Erickson Eck, he's your best center. He makes 5.25. Ryan Hartman is your number one center. He scored over 30 goals. He makes 1.7. Freddie Gujo is your 2C, who played really well with Fiala and Boldy. He makes 1.2. Uh, Tyson Jost, if whatever fucking position he plays, 2 million. Greenway, 3 million. Felino, 3.1 million. So, you know, for me, I would like to free up that 6 million. Um, you know, I thought, I, even if he's not playing with Zuccarello, I think Kaprizov is more than capable of being a fine player. Um, and I think that would kind of free up because I just don't like being so locked in with these lines already going into next season. I just don't like that at all. Um, 
you know, I want to try different things, but you, everyone knows we can't break those two up. You could try a different center, but you can't break those two up, obviously. So, and you, we know that we can't break up that grief line. So for me, I would do the Zuccarello again, 34 years old, frees up 6 million. You at least have a shot of keeping Kevin Fiala. Um, price still, even, even then it's probably a tall task for sure. Um, but I just think it gives you, I think it gives you more flexibility in that lineup. So, um, I would probably say Zuccarello. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Maybe it is. Sorry, just writing this down. All right. Next question. Chris Hansen. If you had control of touch tunes for walk-up songs for the Minnesota Wild roster, what songs would go with which? I can't do the whole fucking roster. Oh God. So if so, if you if this is a weird question to you, um, so I was at the bar this week with my buddy, um, right down the street from my old apartment. We're friends with the bartenders. We know everybody there. So uh, we walk in. Basically, they roll out the red carpet for us. You know, whatever. Just kidding. Um, but my favorite thing to do there is, especially if it's if there's not a lot, if it's not like, actually, I'll do it even if it is juiced in there. Uh, but if music sucks or I'm just bored, I will take over the music. So I did that. I was playing all the songs from the phone, from my phone. Um, and then I started taking requests from Twitter, not knowing how many that I would get. I think I ended up getting 77 song requests and we played that shit all night. So it was me running the show. I had at least six or seven people go up to the machine and try to play their music. And they're very confused how, why they couldn't play anything. It's because I played every song with priority. Um, but that was hilarious. I had to spend a good amount of money on the credits. We're not going to talk about how much, but that's why this question is being asked. Um, you're going to have to give me some time. I'll try to get, I'll try to come up with <laughs> something next week, but I can't pick a walk up song for every single fucking player. That would be ridiculous. If I could do that, like off the top of my head, I should, I should be in jail. Um, so we're just, I'm sorry. We're going to have to move on to the next question as I sit and ponder. I'm just writing this down. Timestamps. Okay. Max, how would you draw up the lines and D pairs in Iowa next year? Knowing we'll likely add a vet center or two. Yep. They're going to have to, because I do think they're going to lose Rossi. Obviously Dewar's not there anymore. Um, even Turgeon who plays center for them. He's going to be an, a UFA. I don't know if they're going to bring him back. Um, they're going to have like no centers. Nolan Stevens is a UFA. So really they have like Hovenov. And like, that's it for natural centers. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know what they're going to do on that front, but I would like to see them bring back Nolan Stevens. I thought he played really well with Adam Beckman. So maybe if you have like a line of Beckman with Stevens and then, you know, either Sweeney, probably Sweeney right there. He that actually those three played together at the end of the year for a couple of games and looked really good. Um, you know, maybe you put first off and Hovenov together, a little Russian action, throw Novak on the other side. That could be complete chaos. Would probably be a disaster, but whatever, it'd be funny. Um, no, but I'd have to sit down and really try to do this. I don't even know who's gonna be back. That's the thing. That's what's crazy. Uh, I assume Pillar Pillar's gonna be there. He'll probably be in that bottom six. Hentges is gonna be there next season. Uh, we'll see what they do with Hovanov. If Hovanov could be in shape, if he could just be in shape, that's literally all he has to do, he would be their number one center. He would be. He'd also be challenging for an NHL spot because he's that good. Um, but he just gets in his own way. So, um, so that's the deal with that. So maybe Beckman, Stevens, and Swainy, perhaps. Who do I want to put with? Where do you go? Beckman? Stevens? Chafee? And then maybe you go, whoever the vet center was going to be, you know, maybe you go after like a Stephen Fogarty who played a couple games in Boston this year, played in Providence. Maybe you go get him or something. Um, but then you go Shaw with the veteran, whoever this is going to be, with Sweeney. Then you have first off Hovanov, Novak, all youth, sink or swim boys. And then uh, 
contentious with the Cramarosa and Pillar. It'd be a weird team. It'd be a weird lineup. Um, defense is where it gets interesting for me. I like I played this over in my head a few times. Depends who comes back. Um, you know, guys like I'm sure they want to bring back Ottenbright. I'm sure they'd love to bring back Lazat, Churchman. Uh, Churchman, Lazat, they're definitely UFAs. So I'm not sure what the deal is there, but Hicketts will be back. He's under contract for a year. Mermis is under contract for one more year. So you could go some combination of. You know, I'd love to see them play over work with Addison. Maybe you go. That, well, that's assuming Addison doesn't make the team. So if Addison's not there, then it gets interesting again. So you go. Uh, hmm. O'Rourke with Mermis shut down. Well, you can't do that, actually. Hmm. I was just doing this literally like five minutes ago, or five minutes before the episode started. I have, there is now too many flies in here. This is driving me nuts. Um, let me look what I wrote down earlier. Let's say Addison is in Iowa, which seems likely just because the, I, whatever. O'Rourke, Addison, Hunt, Mermis, Ottenbright, Johansson. You give Johansson the treatment that you gave Addison in terms of protecting him with the big boy, uh, all defense, and let Johansson have the puck a little bit, let him play. O'Rourke, naturally, is just very good defender, so you put him with Addison. And then I think, you know, you give Damon Hunt um, Dakota Mermis. Just Dakota Mermis does a little bit of everything. Again, he's going to protect Hunt a little bit. Hunt's going to, you know, he's going to be adjusting from the WHL to AHL. Like we said, there were a few times that he was just doing shit in the WHL that's just not going to work at the pro level. Um, so I think that could be a decent little blanket for Mermis is able to play on the right side there. Um, but that's assuming Addison's back in Iowa. You know, if he's not back in Iowa, uh, maybe you just swap over, maybe put O'Rourke where Addison is, and then you have Lazat with O'Rourke. Lazat's a more offensive guy. Um, O'Rourke's more than capable of playing on the right side. And then you could keep Hunt with Mermis and Ottenbright with Johansson if they bring back Ottenbright. Um, so that's probably, I'd, I'd consider that with a defense at least. <laughs> I mean, there are other guys that I just don't know if they're going to be back. Um, you know, I thought Brendan Miller actually played really well, another right shot D. Um, and we'll see, uh, we'll see who else is there. We'll see if they bring back Churchman. Um, did I, I was saying Lazat, I meant Hicketts. That was really dumb. I'm an idiot. Every time I said, so go and fill in where I was saying Lazat, pretend I said Hicketts. There you go. All right. That was, that might have been. The worst answer ever. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, let me write this down. Okay. Final question. Uh, could you see Dumba and Minnesota's first-round picks, either 25 or 24, um, for Ottawa's seventh? No, I can't imagine... Otto would want to trade down into the 20s just for Matt Dumba. I just can't see them wanting to do that. Um, you know, Dumb if Dumba's value was higher, I think he would have been traded last year. So I just don't see how Ottawa is looking to do that. You know, they already have, you know, a bunch of vets to play on that right side right now. Um, you know, they brought in a guy like Hamannick for whatever reason. Um, he's under contract another year. Um, so I just don't see them, you know, a, a, they're adding 6 million in cap for, you know, a guy that they're probably not going to resign. Um, you know, great guy, great team. I fit right in, in that locker room. Oh my God, they would love him. Um, but then they're just like trading down, um, to add Dumba, which I just don't see them wanting to do, especially, I think I've said it before. I've said it the last couple of weeks, just looking at, just asking around, asking people who 
you know, are more connected with teams and are in on the whatever scouting shit. It sounds like there are some GMs that are really going to big brain or galaxy brain this uh, draft. So there, there's real potential that at seventh overall, there's going to be a stud like Frank Nazar sitting there. And at that point, you're probably not trading that pick. Or if um, you're not, you're at least you're not trading down to 24, 25, or 26 to do it. So, um, no, I can't see that happening. Um, even though they would still get a pick back, I just don't see them saying, hey, we, how about we trade down like 18 spots just so we could get Matt Tumba? So, um, no, I can't see that happening. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't complain. Even though I, I do love Dumba, I, as much as I think they, if they could, that they would, you know, trading would probably be a good move. I don't know. Uh, I still think it's very important for you to say I fucking love that guy. And uh, he rocks. And I don't know why fans just demand to shit on him. Um, I think everyone should stop doing that. But you know what? Your life, not going to tell you how to be a fan. So, uh, but all right, that's the episode. I feel like we did all right, considering I'm pretty sure I'm high on fucking cologne and perfume. Um, I had no script other than the questions. I feel like we did all right. I mean, right around an hour is kind of like perfect. Um, so that's it this week. Uh, we're going to have to try to come up with some songs for next week, the whole team. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in as always. Go ahead and leave a review. A five star on the, the iTunes thingy. If you can, I don't even, is there ratings on Spotify? I don't know. If there is, give us, I don't know what, five stars. Or if you think it's more of a four star effort, I get it. Just make sure that in the notes you write it's the four, all the other guys are five stars. Spokes he kind of sucks ass. Um, that loser gets the, the four star. But anyways, uh, thanks always for tuning in. Um, we'll see you next week unless I die.